So did I ever tell you about that time when I went to go tanning and as I was sliding into the tanning bed, I squirted fucking diarrhea all over the, the actual tanning bed while it was on? Hey guys, welcome to True Crime on Tap. I'm Jen. I'm Shannon. I'm Ricky. And today's episode is going to be listener's choice. Yes. How about that, everybody? Is everybody yeah, yes. ready to go? Yeah. I mean, like we got really good feedback on what people wanted us to cover. And um, I had a I had a big struggle. Did you guys struggle? Uh, you know, oh. I I <laughs> thought I thought I was gonna struggle in finding enough material or thinking that I was limited, but right. then when I just like got into it, it was like, oh my god, I have to cut it back because there's way too much. Right, right. But, you know, there is for the one you're covering. Absolutely. I'm actually interested to hear how you guys, cause both of your guys' stories I've heard before and I've like studied before. So I'm super excited to hear about that. Um, mine was actually from the 1970s and it didn't get a lot of notoriety, but I actually have heard it on another podcast before, which drives me batshit crazy, but that's okay. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> mine and Shannon's are going to be. Oh yeah, for sure. Podcast. I mean, for we're sure. doing we're doing high, high profile cases, you know, yes. high profile people. So yes. obviously people are going to heard of them mm-hmm. and at least heard their stories, but you know, they're, they're going to hear it again. <laughs> That's okay. Because you know what? Some people will be tun- tuning in and actually not have followed certain cases so closely. So they'll learn something. Um, yeah. So it'll be, it'll be super interesting. I mean, I do want to remind you guys before we jump into our stories that we um, need your support. So please follow us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you have to follow, subscribe, like, leave a review. Please leave a review. Um, also, we are on Spotify, Anchor, and we're still trying to add more platforms. That's Shannon's been working hard on trying to do that. She's amazing. She's like our freaking technical god over there. Mm. And we're also found on Facebook and Instagram at True Crime on Tap. So please go on those social media platforms or whatever leave comments. If you have stories as well from your hometown, little things that maybe not have gotten a lot of notoriety that you want us to cover, please share that with us because we do, I think Shannon and I talked about it briefly that we want to do many episodes of covering those stories. Cause even if they don't have a lot of information, we want to be able to like put a shot out and talk about them for you guys. Cause we want you guys to know that we hear you. And it doesn't have to be murder. It can be crime. It just, yeah. Crime. Like a kidnapping something like a like a legal case where like like something that just whoa we are going to be starting with ricky and his story so have at it brother all right so my listener of the week um was jennifer schlipp good name she is um uh she's a friend a close friend actually she is the aunt of eden shannon's uh shannon's daughter and my stepdaughter so close and she wanted to hear something about the manson family murders yes so everybody i think uh is pretty familiar with manson in general um just being an outright outlandish crazy crazy dude this guy was was five foot two by the way (laughs) what i mean yes classic classic short guy syndrome here he was napoleon tiny man syndrome tiny man syndrome syndrome. (laughs) through and through um this guy referred to himself as the uh, manifestation of jesus 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he was so good. He's on the cult status. You know, he started a cult and he called it the Manson family and they were located out just um, outside east of um, San Francisco at the Spawn Ranch. They lived there basically for free. And this is the weird part because he actually made some of his followers um, have sex with the ranch owner in order to stay there for free. I've never, I never knew that. Yeah. Me either. Yeah. So he would, he would, you know, and, and not only that, but like the guy, the ranch owner, he was disabled. He was missing a leg, not really, you know, getting too much play. And then Manson comes along and says, Hey, you know, um, we'll work something out and we stay at your ranch for free. And later on, a lot of the followers that were living there um, would, would sleep with this guy under Manson's orders. Bitches so have sex with Charlie Murphy. Pretty much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's good. I can't. So he started, he started his desert <laughs> commune. Um, he started his desert commune in the late sixties that went on through the seventies. Now, commune more easily referred to as hippies um that's the easiest way to describe a commune they just wanted to live by themselves they wanted to be by themselves govern themselves and live the way they wanted to live basically uh manson was able to control his followers with the help of what else in the 60s did you do but drugs hell drugs played a huge part um especially lsd lsd was huge in the 60s I think it had just, uh, it was just invented in the late 50s. <laughs> I've never done a drug. I've never, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, never no, done a drug. Well, marijuana, but. In marijuana is not a drug. drug. <laughs> that shit comes out of the ground. Yeah, I yeah. know. I know. But I'm sitting here like, I don't know, like I know anything. Yeah. If you got to create it in the lab, it's probably not good for you. And in if the you late drink 50s. Tea, you did drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so they lived a very unconventional lifestyle living in wherever they could in the dirt probably shitting next to themselves when they go to sleep (laughs) welcome to my every day (laughs) welcome to my every day guys and and then compound that with habitually using lsd probably didn't care exactly how you lived and that's pretty much what they were up about and you know they were up about is all about that so So, ricky question like have you ever gone on a drug bender like that where you've done something back to back. No. Oh. Because I, I wonder how much it changes you. You know what I mean? No, I mean, and you know, here's one of the things. I mean, like, I mean, I've talked to my family members because like I like we've said in previous um episodes, you know, I grew up Mormon, very sheltered lifestyle. Mm. You know, and then when I became an adult, it was a totally 180. You know, yeah. I was doing what I wanted to do and stuff. And, you know, you see things on TV, you hear things, you read things, and they say, you know, once you're in that lifestyle, you're never going to get out and you're blah, blah, blah. I am grateful and lucky, you know, that I was able to go as far as I did and turn around and get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in, in the moment when you let yourself not sleep, you start to change. Yeah. Was, oh, yeah, for sure. For usually sure. The, the, the main thing that I would see in myself where I'd, you know, be up for a couple of days and be like, what am I doing? Go to bed. So, yeah, eventually it can. And back then in the 60s, I mean, people were just taking everything as much as they wanted, when they wanted, as soon they as they wanted. No you know, it yeah. was like, hey, what's for breakfast? LSD. What's for lunch? LSD. 
with a side of PCP. I actually don't know what's an LSD. <laughs> with a side of PSP and some marijuana. Shroomy, 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 shroomy. Boom. It's a pretty cool song. <laughs> You're welcome. Was- Trademark that. TM, 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 TM. Trademark. The drug or- song. I interrupted you, Ricky, but I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm used to it. (laughs) So so the whole thing behind the whole Manson family murders, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's so much information out there just about, you know, his commune living, the the way he had his, he ran his cult, you could say. Uh, There's so much information on it, you know, that I really had to bring it down to focus on what actually happened, why they got caught and where they ended up later on. Right. So Manson was able to control his followers, like I said, with the help of drugs. He convinced them. This was the main thing that that basically when they got arrested for the murders, they were convinced or he convinced his followers that there was an imminent apocalyptic um, war going to come between Mm -hmm. whites and blacks. He was convinced that it was going to happen and he was convincing his followers that it was going to happen. Now, the big thing, like I said, he he thought he was Jesus. He told his followers that he was Jesus. And he said and told them, we need to start it. We kickstart the apocalypse. And he was a hundred percent sure that the minority was going to win, that they were going to come out on top. And then here's what was going to happen. You know, and this is how crazy Charles Manson was, is not only did he think the minority was going to win, but then he also thought they're going to be so inexperienced in being leaders that they're going to go to Charles Manson for leadership. <laughs> so he thought to that, go to Whitey for leadership. So, so no, no, he was no. So, that yeah, the exactly. African Americans were going to. Yeah. So, so his, his whole thing was okay. is this race war was going to be a race war between whites and blacks, whites and Africans, American, American, African Americans. We got you. <laughs> and that the, the African Americans were going to win the war hands down. No problem. We're going to win the war. But at the same time, since, I mean, in the, you know, throughout history, especially up until the modern times, you know, there was not a whole lot of offices held by African-Americans. And so his view was they were going to need his help or at least somebody's help, but he convinced his followers they were going to need his help um, to bring everything back into order, have social equality or whatever. And he was going to be this link between you know, the winners of the war and the prosperity of the rest of the country. I've never heard this aspect of it. That's so funny to me. So the African-Americans are going to win and they're going to seek the five foot two snot face piece of shit as their leader. Yeah. What? That's pretty much. You got to be high on something. exactly what he told his followers. And that's exactly what they believed. And so, excuse me. And so the race war started with the kickoff. Now this wasn't the really the kickoff. They actually had killed three other people prior to this. Okay. Um, there was a man named Hinnon uh-huh. and his family. Okay. Now this family was kind of, they weren't supposed to be there, but okay. they were just there, but it ended up just being his wife, uh, Hinnon, his wife and his brother. So luckily no children were in because Hinnon hadn't been, hadn't had kids yet. So they started with that, got away with it. Nobody even knew about it. Police had investigated this crime, but had no leads, no, nothing to go along with it. And the reason Charles did was this or the family, not Charles Manson never killed anybody. 
Okay. That is okay. that is another thing. I, I don't know if people don't know that, but Charles Manson actually never killed anyone. He was able to convince his followers to not only to carry out these attacks, but to do the attacks in his name, basically. So he, he never actually did, anything. though. Spoiler alert: did get charged for first degree murder. Sure yes. Did. Now, but we'll cover the, that. I'm sure, right? Yeah. That that's the thing. Like he never physically right. committed these murders. But like in today's age, where you know young girls with caterpillars on their faces are going ah! to jail. <laughs> I fucking hoped you were gonna bring that up. What What did he say? What did I he said, say? I oh said, my god! I said just like in today, like this. So Charles Manson got um charged with these murders <laughs> in the same way the girl with the caterpillars on her face got charged with murder for suggesting to her boyfriend to kill himself the, oh the my god you went there i did so <clears throat> this is pretty much why she got convicted it's pretty much why she got convicted was because he was so convincing and so compelling to the people that listened to him that they were killing in his name basically and so he came up with all the planning. He came up with all the planning, all the targets, where they should go afterward. And then not only that, but he would actually rehearse things for them to say to the authorities. No um, you know, phrases, you know, right. even just things that he would say in his like doctrine or ministries. He would tell them what to say. So that way they all kind of have a uniform voice. So I did so, not know about this. And I've heard like I feel like I've watched like a bunch of Manson documentaries. I didn't know about this stuff. So that was so something first new three, every time. You learn yeah, something Ricky. Every time. So the first three, unknown. They didn't know who did it. And then after um, so the next one were the killing, the murders of seven people in an LA. Um, and they were perpetrated by Tex Watson, Susan Atkins, mm -hmm. Patricia Cren Crenwinkle. Mm -hmm and Linda Kazaban. Now, the other thing is, is Linda Kazaban was there outside, but did not participate in the murder. She right, got yep. scared and did not want to go in. Mm -hmm. We know the about victim, her. The victims, of course, are obviously well-known now. The main one is Sharon Tate Polanski, who was in action Pregnant. at the time. Um, Abigail Ann Folger, who was the heiress to the Folger Coffee Company. Mm -hmm. um, well, I can't remember how to say right? this guy's name. Warsneck Frykowski. And Sounds then Stephen Earl Parent, Jay Sebring, and then Leno and Rosemary uh, Lebanon. Yeah. So he has notes this week, you guys. I Ricky do. I have three pages he, worth. Thank me. He bought a whole journal for this. Oh, Ricky. Uh, I had to. Hey, Ricky, you're so fun. You're so fun. You're so you fun. Really you're Ricky. Ricky. Well, when I get called out on the uh, when I get called out on the on the, on the page, kind of have to. <laughs> so that was me. Sorry. So, um, so a lot funny. of the things. Uh, a lot of the things. Sorry. A lot of the Manson story is already known as far as the murder scene is goes. You know, that's yeah. pretty much the the big thing that everybody knows. You know, the blood on the wall, pig written on the wall in the victim's pig blood. Pig written on the you wall. You know, they mm -hmm. they shot somebody in the driveway. They shot two other people, and then they brutally stabbed uh, Folger and um, Sharon Tate. Sharon Tate was pregnant. She was pregnant at with the time. With a oh, little baby. Yeah. Um, it was Polanski's, right? 
Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. It was he was like a director, right? He was a director. And he was, they had interviews he, of him and he, I mean, just completely, I mean, you can't even imagine. And his face says it all. It's crazy. So, but at he one directed, time, my understanding is that he was not there, obviously. No. And so they thought for a while there that he was the suspect. Yes. For like a yeah. snippet. Yeah. Yes. He, Probably he for was, Rosemary's baby. Yes. That he, is why. That yeah, is yes. actually why, because he, well, he had just the movie is so crazy. Out. I mean, yeah, you think it is. in the scene, the scene that they walked Never in on, it. the scene that they what? walked in on, you'd think that, yeah, the director has something to do with it because the scene was so horrific right. and out of a horror film. Right. Yeah. Right. It just seemed like the right idea. So <laughs> where'd you go? I was burping. I was burping. I'm sorry. I didn't want to. Good job. You excused yeah. yourself. Thanks, guys. So the investigation starts after the gruesome murders. Um, the The murder scene was actually found by a name uh, a man named William Gerritsen. Now, uh, that the pr- police originally thought that the murders were the consequence of a drug deal gone bad, which in Hollywood you'd probably think maybe you don't know yeah. though. Um, All that motherfucking LSD. I mean, and everything else and whatever else was out there. I mean, you never know and you never know what Hollywood wants to do, especially at that time in in the world, you know? The heroin. So William Gerritsen, he was an employee. He was an employee who stayed in the guest house. And basically he was there watching the guest house Mm -hmm. for somebody who lived in the guest house aside from the main house. And he would go there just to check on the plants, you know, and make sure the house is up kept and everything like that. They thought that he was the suspect. Well, the reason that they thought he was he was the person was because one, in the sixties, in the sixties and early seventies, it's kind of like whoever smelt it dealt it. You know, he was yeah, the first yeah, yeah. one there. Yeah. He worked there, and yeah. there was no account of him of where he was for the you know for the murders. So the that's show. why he was one of the main suspects. But that was a, the main thing is whoever smelt it dealt it. <laughs> Um, now here's the thing now here's the other thing though he told <laughs> Ricky describe what you're saying <laughs> describe what I'm saying my like face that? is getting red did I do that no Jen's doing that oh <laughs> so let Ricky tell his damn story, Shannon. God damn it, Shannon. Just, just edit all this part out. Okay. So years later, though, William Gerritsen would actually go on record saying that he wasn't there, but, well, he said he wasn't there at the beginning with the police. He was not there. He wasn't there at all. Gerritsen would go on later on, decades later, on record saying that he was actually, he witnessed a portion of the murders. What? He witnessed a portion, possibly... What? the the shooting in the in the front lawn of the mm. first person okay yeah first person who got shot he was actually walking up on the house boom boom somebody gets shot and he took off instead of reporting anything he didn't say anything and so that's why they went after him at first because he may have been a witness but he didn't say that he was and so he never admitted it till a lot lot later I um, say goddamn I know I mean you know and nowadays you know, disclaimer, everybody, you see something happen, please report it immediately. So after the investigation of the grizzly murders, the the police finally had enough evidence to send warrants out for Tex Watson, uh, Krenwinkel, and Kazaban. Watson and Krenwinkel were actually in Texas. 
they had fled the state on Manson's orders to go ahead and just get out of here. You don't want to be around. The less of you that is here, the easier it'll be for you to uh, not get caught. Bye, bitch. Uh, problem with that was is both of them got arrested in Texas. Yes. Stupid. Yeah. So both of them okay. got arrested in Texas. And after finding enough evidence, physical, physical evidence, like fingerprints and hair and things like that. I mean, hair wasn't a big thing, but they could match up the color. The main thing was, was, the, hair, uh, was the fingerprints. Um, Tex Watson actually tried to fight extradition, but he didn't get it, of course, obviously. They sent him back to California where he could right. be tried for the murders. Mm-hmm. Um, Kazaban, actually, the, the third person who was involved, uh, voluntarily, uh, voluntarily surrendered in Concord, New Hampshire. Now, she would actually also go on to be the um, prosecution's main witness. Uh, police had I'm physical sorry, evidence, like I said, mainly fingerprints. Because this stand. Okay, what? sorry. I was asking who that was that you were saying. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, yeah, Ka- Kazaban. Her, her first okay. name is... Kazaban. Uh, Linda. Linda Kazaban. Linda. Now, aside from physical evidence, uh, they also had a distinct twenty-two revolver that text used mm-hmm. on Parent and Sebring, or sorry, Parent, Sebring, and Frykowski. Uh, it was found and given to police by ten-year-old Stephen Weiss. What? They Stephen dumped Weiss. it. He was a he was a ten-year-old kid that lived in the neighborhood. They did a dump. They just Damn. threw the gun out as they left, and this kid found it and returned it to police. Really? Okay. Yes. So that's how so they were able to find. Stuff I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. that's how they were able to find at least one of the murder weapons. I don't know if they ever found the knife, but it's pretty obvious that a knife was the one, the thing that did um, the other right. two people. Right. Um, so now skipping forward, because there's a lot of in between stuff. The People versus Charles Manson. Now the reason Charles Manson comes into play is because Kazaban would go on to say and report to police and authorities that Charles Manson was the one who came up with the plan, put mm-hmm. it in motion, picked mm-hmm. the targets, and ordered right. them to go do the killing. Kazaban, Atkins, and Tex were all charged with seven counts of murder. Um, Kazaban would get immunity for testifying against the other three. Uh, Manson acted on his own. Uh, uh, Ma- Anson, <laughs> We love you, Ricky. We love you. Power through, buddy. Okay. Manson acted as his own attorney, but because of his conduct and nonsensical speaking, yeah. That was thrown out and the judge told him, no, you can't talk anymore. He put a gag order on him and he had him get a state, uh, state ordered attorney before the trial started. All right. So, so Manson uh, went on trial and was arrested. Of course he was arrested. And he went on trial because he was the mastermind behind all of this. He was the one who set it all in motion. And of course he was found guilty. I just, Yeah. My issue is, is that continue. No, no, no. Go, go, go. <laughs> well, you like stop. I'm not saying I'm not saying he doesn't deserve like some serious shit because he was a fucktard, but I am saying, did he ever? Actually and that's the thing. And that's the murder. thing. You know, the, the you know, Sheriff Michelle Carter, the caterpillar girl. Yeah, and, but these seven counts. These seven counts, he was convicted of them because he was the mastermind, but actually held no part in it. He ordered it though. It was basically the same as like putting out a hit. Okay. Okay. That's what they got okay. Him but they gave him life. Now here's the thing. All all four were and sentenced death to penalty. death. They were all sentenced yeah. to death, but 
in February of 1972, they all got life in prison because California, California. abolished the death penalty. Yeah, California. Yeah. Actually, I mean, yeah. But here's the thing, like, do? how can you sentence somebody to death when they didn't actually murder somebody? And I'm not trying to be a, like a dinkle, but like, you know what I mean? He got sentenced to death and he didn't actually. And so that's the thing. Like, they let people off for second degree murder that have actually like hit somebody with their car. Okay. Anyway, yeah. it doesn't no, no, no. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're saying. You know, and but that's the thing. Like, it's it's the same. It's the same thing, and that's why they abolished the death penalty because people were like, "Whoa, you know, yeah. he didn't actually kill anybody, right? You know, so we got to get that death penalty taken away because he doesn't deserve death." Which, in all actuality, yeah, maybe he did, but yeah. at the time, people didn't believe that he did because he didn't actually take part. He just planned it, but it just became lucky for the other three. Because right. now they got life in prison too instead of death, you know. So they actually kind of came out on top because they didn't they didn't have to uh, they right. didn't have to go to the gas chamber. We also have to keep in mind that like our legal system, everything that they do, if they have a new thing coming in front of them, they kind of establish like a a law in that uh, a precedent is what I mean. So yes. they have this new case in front of them and it's happening, and they have to set a precedent. And usually courts follow that to make it a further thing right yeah. how to sentence yes. somebody they, so i'm sure that fucked heart of manson with his stupid face and his like little itty body. body yeah <laughs> unproportioned body because he was disgusting um set that precedent and it's been fixed since then but yeah i mean it's unclear uh, it's unclear i mean he couldn't actually of course speak in court after a certain amount of time but i'm pretty sure it was just like hey i didn't have anything to do with it why should i get deaf but I mean, he's not, you know, but he also was like an idiot exactly. that went to attack the judge. So people were like, this guy's effing crazy. And, and well, that's just by the can... words he spoke, he sounded fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, 90% of like why he was convicted is probably because of his actions, because he sounded so insane that why would anybody that's believe fine. that he wasn't guilty? Shut up. I heard that too. You did. Do you guys know about the whole like him recording that album and then yeah. like the Beach Boys? Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah the Beach Boys. Dennis Mil- yeah. De- Dennis Wilson was friends. Guys, with there's him. so much on Charlie Manson. It's obnoxious, but actually Ricky like brought new things to light that I haven't heard of. If any <laughs> of you guys are like true crime followers and know the Charles Manson story and haven't read that damn book, because I haven't read that book, um, that was actually new stuff. I hadn't heard some of that stuff, so that was actually pretty cool for me. Are you done, by the way? Or did well, I just, I just wanted to. The, the last thing no, I wanted God, to I'm say. I'm an asshole. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. It's <laughs> fine. I, the basically, I just had. Um, so after they were convicted and everything, they're not in. They're, um, you know, they're not going to die in jail, or they're not going to die by the death penalty anyway. So, at least half of them got to rot in jail. Now. Manson, of course, famously died in 2017 of natural causes, they say. But who knows exactly what he had because he never, he never, it was cancer. Okay. No. Was it? Okay. So uh, Charles Manson died in 2017. And by our longtime standing investigator, Jen, (laughs) let me know that he died of, well, she said cancer, but he died of a heart attack. But he was also diagnosed with colon cancer. So I'm pretty sure at the news of that, he was like, uh, uh, uh. anyway. We don't know. It, it, they, they said on the death certificate that it had like something to do with it. So it's kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah. He was also denied parole 17 times. Ew. Or sorry, 12 times. 12 times he was denied parole, which 
for good reason and good measure, I think. Um, to, <laughs> was to, it though? What's that? He didn't kill anybody. Well, I mean, uh, would, do you really want Manson walking the streets anymore? No, fuck no. There you go. He's five I, foot two. That's kind the, of the good thing is, is his parole is determined by parole board members and not the general public. So you okay. know, probably better that the general public has no say in it. Probably because they would have set his ass free. I'm I'm thinking they would have. Yeah. Uh, Tex Watson, Tex Watson was denied parole 17 different times. Um, most recently, he was denied in October 27th of 2016. He remains incarcerated at the Donovan Correctional Facility in San Diego, California. Yep. Yeah, um, Susan Atkins, she died September 24th in 2009. Bummer. Yeah, I mean, too bad. She tried. Um, she tried to dispute. Um, she tried to dispute her incarceration um, as a battered woman at the hands of Manson. Come on. So you know, later on, she really was like, "Oh crap!" I, mean, I don't. That might be true. You know. And well. That, it no. probably is it probably is definitely true because I mean Manson, of course, he was he was narcissistic sociopath and he made people believe him. He may have not laid hands on her, but the uh, you know the uh, emotional distress he probably caused on her That's maybe true. but yeah. they weren't they weren't so, about telling you know back yeah, then exactly. they weren't about telling they they just took it. We don't they know, but that's the thing is that we don't know because these all these guys were i mean they followed somebody and they were uh, sick I mean even if they weren't even if were they initially sick, like they followed somebody and did horrendous things. And so yeah. that's going to readjust your chemical balance in your head. So yeah. um, it could be anything. I mean, it could be the same thing as, you know, a kid dropping a jar of jelly on the floor and getting hit by his mom. Like, oh man, I better reevaluate my life. Right. Who knows? All depends on your sensitivity. So she, <laughs> so she, uh, Susan Atkins, uh, even though, um, Susan Atkins did not die. I apologize. I said that she died in 2019. Um, Damn it, Ricky. Tried, sorry, she tried to dispute her battered woman thing at the hands of Manson. As of 2009 in July, she still remains incarcerated and will be eligible for parole in 2022. Whoa. So in two years, she'll get another chance for somebody to tell her no. Okay. Well, well, I mean, like, how do you feel about that, though? Because I'm, I'm a part of me, if like, we're going to go off the cult leader thing and being brainwashed, like, maybe by this amount of time, she's learned something. So maybe she does deserve another chance. Susan Atkins died in September 24th of 2009. Period. Okay. 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 Now, Krenwinkel. Oh. She, on the other hand, tried to dispute as a battered woman at the hands of Manson that she could be released. But of course that was denied. And as of 2019 in July, she is still incarcerated and will be eligible for parole in 2022. Okay. And that is the Manson family murders. And I loved it. So good job, Ricky. Woohoo. Woohoo. You did good. Right. And bravo to taking notes, motherfucker. Ah, I know. Who knew that could help so That's much? You should up? go to college. But Go to college, bro. You got it. <laughs> oh, maybe. And what's interesting about my case is that it actually has a tie to motherfucking Manson. Okay? It kind really? of does. It's <sighs> you guys. I'm interested are in doing, this one because I don't know this one. You guys are like high profile. And what I did is I went, you know, I don't like high profile just because everybody's heard it, but you, you, Rick, you did a great job at it. So like, bravo to you. 
I did one um, recommended by Jean. She goes by like Jeannie S or something on Facebook. And uh, she's obviously a true crime on tap follower because she's a genius. Thanks, Jeannie. Yeah, girl. Yes. I know her because I used to work when I got out of the military. I was going to college full time and I wanted to get like a side job. And I got one at Sam's Club and she was my supervisor (laughs) there. Yeah. And it's actually really good money, believe it or not. Yeah, it is. (laughs) And um, she was my supervisor there and she was a badass bitch. She hung out with me. She thought I was hilarious. We hung out all the time. She watched my kids. She was so great. And we're, we're still in communication to this day. So I appreciate it for it. So she sent it to me and I was like, okay, (laughs) like a military thing. Oh, And I had like my friend Allie suggest one, a whole bunch of people suggest stuff. And I was like, oh, I, I need something with some more meat and potatoes. I came up with oh. this motherfucker. Well, she did. Nothing like a good stew. What's that? I said nothing like a good and stew. Like a good stew. So this is a story of one of the many family annihilators. Mm. And I want to do Chris Watts. You know that fucker? That Chris sounds Watts. familiar. I don't think I do. He's recent from Colorado, and we'll talk about him later. I'll cover him later because I've been following that one closely for a couple of years. Or no, a year. Huh. It happened in 2018. Anyways, so this happened in 1970. Um, so I'm just going to start off like the story that I heard. Um, February 17th, we're coming up on that, Okay. Um, 3.42 in the morning as of, you know, February 17th, dispatchers at Fort Bragg, that which is in where? Do you guys know where that's at? Texas. No, it's not in Texas. Like, no, no. Oh. Virginia, Colorado? North Carolina. Okay, it was over there. Hmm. They got a call from Jeffrey McDonald, who was reporting a stabbing. Okay, when they arrived, they found a bunch of crap. And I'm going to go through each person on what they found, okay? Colette, which was Jeffrey's wife, was pregnant with their third child and was found laying on the floor in her bedroom. She had been repeatedly clubbed, both arms were broken, and she was stabbed 37 times with a knife and ding, 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 an ice pick. Can somebody fucking tell me why an ice pick's a thing? Um. Uh, an ice pick is used to actually chop ice up into smaller <laughs> cubes from a bigger block. Back in the olden days when you yeah, Ricky, get a block I get that. of why ice. Why is that always a murder weapon? Okay. <laughs> well, you know why? You know why it's a murder weapon? Because it's easily concealable and you can do really ah! maximum amount of damage Jesus. over and over. Sorry. She scared me. Eden. And you know off. why? And ice you know pick. why? Because I know what you did last summer. Is that from <sighs> oh, oh yeah. All right. Well. Anyway, so she was found um, stabbed 37 times with a knife pick and an ice pick. Knife and an ice pick. Um, What happened was when they came and discovered her, she was actually covered in Jeffrey's torn pajama shirt, and it was draped over her chest. Um, And on her headboard, because she was found in her her bedroom, right? And on her headboard, right above it, no, actually on her headboard, Something was written across it. Can anybody take a guess? Because it has to do with Manson. Help skeleton. Pig. pig. Very good, Ricky. Mm. Pig in pig. blood. It was written in blood. Blood. Okay. Blood. In the blood. The blood. Okay, so 
It, it was written in blood from a yeah. knife pick. From a knife pick, written in blood. Um, so she, so responders went to the next room and they went to Kimberly's room. She's five years old and they found her in bed. She had been clubbed in the head and stabbed oh. in the neck about eight to 10 times. Oh my God. A baby. Poor baby. Five. A baby. That's terrible. Five. Okay. I'm just, let me oh. just reiterate that. Kristen, age two, was also found in her bed. Two years old. She had Jesus. been stabbed 33 times. Oh, my God. And then stabbed within the ice pick 15 times. A two-year-old. A two-year-old. Oh, oh my God. Ugh. A baby. Why Piece does anybody shit. need to do that so much? We don't know who did that, but that's what happened. So, <clears throat> Jeffrey was found... This is the husband. He was he was the one that made the call to the ambulance or whatever. And he was found next to his wife injured. Okay. When they took him to the hospital, because he was actually still alive, his wounds were less severe. Um, it's reported he had various cuts and bruises that medical staff referred to as clean, small, and sharp. One lung was partially collapsed. And guess what? He did it himself. Well, I, we don't know that yet. She Wait, who, who, who the fuck is Jeffrey? Who's Jeffrey? The husband. You said guess. Guess. He was out of the hospital in one week. That was the husband. Oh. That's the dad, okay? So this is what Jeffrey, which is the dad, told investigators. He said he fell asleep February 16th, which was the night before, um, in the living room couch uh, he reports he was awakened by colette which is his wife and kimberly's scream and kimberly is the five-year-old okay he says that he um woke up to three people standing in the room three dudes armed trying to, to attack him and in the corner was a fourth intruder and this was a white female in a white floppy hat holding a candle saying, acid is groovy, kill the pigs. What? Uh, Wait a minute. So he like, slept through like this whole thing? A floppy. He thinks. Shannon, he we says, don't know. Shannon, take several seats. We don't know. I'm going to take no. your fucking like seat he, in a minute. Like you, a, need to, you need to like fucking flop. fasten your seatbelt there, Shannon. I'm going to take several fastened seatbelts. <laughs> So like a floppy hat, like, you know the cool like. I mean a floppy. If you go to like Kentucky like, Derby, like a nun, like the fly, like the flying yes, nun. Yes, honey. Yes. Oh my it. god. Okay. Apparently, um, no. that's what she was saying. Uh, so it is groovy. Kill the pig. She was chanting it. Okay. Um, and so apparently at that time, some dude jumps up and hits him with a club, stabs him with an ice pig. Okay. He says that he pulled his pajama top over his head, right? So imagine pulling your shirt over your head. And this is what he did to like ward off their thrusts and their stabs. <laughs> what? That's a legit thing, Shannon. That could protect people. That could protect yourself, oh. right? He was overcome by the attackers and he was not knocked unconscious on the floor. Okay. <clears throat> he said when he woke up, he was silent. The whole house was silent, right? Everything was silent. And there was no more screaming. 
And this is what he said he did. This was his steps of the night. You ready for this? I am so ready. Number one, he went to his wife, tried to revive her, and knew she was already dead, so he put the shirt over her to cover her because she had been stabbed so many times. Mm, He's so sweet. And then he went to his kids, tried, tried to revive, but they were already dead. So then he went to the bathroom to check out his wounds. Really? Yeah, he did. His kids were dead. Everybody's kid. Then he washed his hands. That was the next thing. And then he called the operator and military police for an ambulance. I'm sorry. He washed his hands? He did. He did, Shannon. I mean, that right there, that right there just, come on. He found found everybody dead. He didn't think, oh, he goes, I tried to revive them, but they were already dead. So let me look in the mirror and see how I look. And then let me like, yeah, you know, wash me, my hands and shit. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Let me check my appearance first so I don't look out of whack. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. So the investigation, the Army's CID, which stands for Criminal Investigation Division, uh, didn't buy his bullshit. Okay. They were like, no, this guy's a fucking, he's telling some lies, stuff like that. They basically didn't smell what he was stepping in. Okay. Um, yeah. The living room didn't support his claim that there was a struggle. Okay. There was just an overturned coffee table and an overturned plant. So he's oh saying, God. right? Remember that? That he got he attacked through that? Guys? He got attacked and then he got knocked unconscious by three dudes yes. in a woman chanting in the corner about pigs and shit. And there was an overturned coffee table and a plant. Okay. Fibers yeah. from Jeffrey, who's the husband, just to remind you all. Torn, the torn pajama top that he put on top of his wife's chest were not found in the living room um, where he claimed it was torn. Instead, they were found under the body of Colette and Kimberly and Kim's rooms. Um, One fiber was actually underneath Kristen's fingernail. She's the two-year-old. Okay. The murder weapons were found outside the back door all of them were, ter- were determined to come back uh, to be from McDonald's house. This is Jeffrey McDonald's. His whole family is McDonald's, uh, just so you know. Um, tips of the surgical gloves were found in under- underneath that headboard that I told you guys about um, yeah. that he wrote in pig. They were found underneath the headboard, which were identical to the batch that he had sitting in the kitchen. Okay. <laughs> Due to different blood types, the... Um, CID was able to track the movement in the house. They theorized that the fight started in the bedroom and Colette hit her husband in the forehead with a hairbrush. So what they're saying is, is that they got into a fight. The wife hit him in the head with a uh, hairbrush. And then that's when everything went to shit. That's when this fucking idiot stick with the giant, super lube tampon in his asshole decided to retaliate and he beat her with a piece of lumber a piece of fucking lumber like what fucking i mean lumber? who has a piece of lumber just lying around in their right, house i don't know what lumber they're talking about but this holds yeah. up a good question because they go to court eventually okay um mm-hmm. and so what happened was is that when they found this lumber 
Um, due to the finding of brain serum in the doorway that Kimberly was struck possibly by accident. So what they're saying is, is that he was beating the crap out of his wife, Colette, and then in the swing motion, he hit his daughter, Kimberly, who was five, and her, bre- her brain serum was on the actual door, okay? Ugh. So he, they think maybe he did it by accident. They're not sure. Um, but because he believed that Colette was dead, he carried Kimberly back to the room to finish the job. Mm-hmm. This is all, this oh is all part of the investigation, guys. We don't know if this is true or not. Okay. Yeah. yeah. After stabbing. After stabbing. <laughs> stabbing. After stabbing and bludgeoning her, he went into Kristen's room with the intent to dispose of the last witness. This is the two-year-old. Like, the two-year-old even witnessed anything. According to all this, I don't even know how she witnessed a thing. She seemed to be knocked out. Um, Before he could do so, however, the theory is, is that the wife, whose blood was found on her bed and covers, um, threw herself on top of her daughter to protect her. Oh, yeah. Man. So yeah, it's crazy. After killing them, he wrapped uh, Colette's body, the wife, in a sheet and carried them back to the bedroom, leaving a footprint of Colette's br- blood actually in on the way out. So there's a whole shit ton of evidence. But what's interesting is that the defense argues all of this, and it's actually pretty legit if you hang in there. Um, some more tidbits on this. Uh, got a scalpel blade. So they're saying that they he got a scalpel blade and stabbed himself. You know, this dude was, I don't even know if I mentioned this. He's a doctor. Oh. Oh, my God. So, so he knew exactly where to stab himself, cut himself, and everything exactly like that. Military. Okay. So he knew what the fuck he was doing. So um, anyways, so what they're saying is that, anyway, so he got a scalpel. So they're thinking that he got a scalpel to do it all. And uh, the surgical gloves from, were from his supply closet. Um, they think that he took the gloves on and he wrote pig on the bed frame there with the surgical yeah. gloves. Cause that's where they found pieces of it under the head, headboard. So he just, he was just totally kind of sloppy. Let's be real. Um, Ugh. and then he put his pajama top on top of Colette and kept, they think that he, after they did that, he kept stabbing her. Yeah. And so outside of his house, after that, he called dispatch and discarded the weapons, the toilet, Guess where he discarded them, you guys? I mean, this guy okay. sounds like he was the Aaron Hernandez of the 1970s. Literally in his backyard, <laughs> like on a chair. I mean. Oh, my God. Completely. He tried to make sure that he would give the police Are you every fucking narcissist? Do you think nothing's going to touch you? Idiot. Right? Yeah. He, this guy, I mean, I have never heard of him before this other than a podcast. I listen to this guy's a fucking idiot but it gets crazier so um he called the dispatch discarded the weapons and laid by his wife so laid next to her is bleeding and injured that he self-inflicted until ambulances come in so fast forward nobody bought his fucking bullshit because he's an idiot he's respected though so there's a big deal with that but on may 1st of 1970 and mind you this happened i don't fucking know where because i lost my place February 17th of 1970. So a few months later, um, he was formally charged with murder of his family by the army. Article mm. 32 hearing. Um, and this is what's crazy, guys. Is So they, they tried him in July 1970. And um, it went all the way to September. And they 
what the defense did was focus on the poor investigation by the CID. And um, they said that basically you didn't look into other suspects, which was one of them was Helena or Helena. I don't want to say Helena because my sister's name is Helena and it's not pronounced that way. I want to say Helena Stokely. Okay. And she was actually somebody that was seen at in their apartment the night of the murders. Oh, wow. Dun, dun, dun. Um, So they were claiming that they had lost critical evidence, including skin found under, found under Colette's fingernails. Also Helena, she was known as a well, huge, I don't want to say well drug user, but like a huge drug user in the area. And um, she was actually wearing similar clothing that Jeffrey, Jeffrey was wearing, they described. So the post commanding officer upon reviewing the article 32 determined there was an insufficient evidence and dismissed the charges. So huh. he was off scot free or at least he thought jeffrey mcdonald um got out from the military and got an honorable discharge and relocated to new york and started doing surgery and hospital shit again (laughs) there you are shannon i was wondering how you were dealing with this over here i felt like you were over there like pulling it tugging at your nips and shit and getting nervous you tugging at the titties i get it i get it speak to us how are you feeling it's (laughs) <laughs> you hate something it's right bullshit now. <laughs> see now was this guy you, i mean i, I don't want to honorary I don't wanna jump discharge the gun. honorable for know. fuck's sakes he got tried for like, murder but they still gave him an honorable go ahead ricky amazing like i don't want to jump the gun and speculate and ruin something but it sounds like that drug helena lady and him might have had a thing going on Ooh. You know, Ooh, Ricky. And he, she was Conspiracy like, theory. and she was like, get rid of them. We can live together forever. But then after but everything was all said and done, he was just like, I need to leave. Hmm. We shall see Ricky. Oh, hold on. I got a burp. Sorry guys. Hold on. I got a burp one more time. There's like this whole so bubble thing coming up. Hold on. <laughs> I just slammed my face into a pillow. <clears throat> okay, guys. I love it. Buckle up. Here we go. I like your conspiracy conspiracies, but uh, buckle. So at first, Colette's stepdad. Okay, so I wrote this whole paragraph. I'm not going to read it to you, but he, her stepdad was like, if I have another daughter, I want her to marry Jeffrey, which what is- What the fuck? Because he was such a good guy and so res- well-respected. And Even then, after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so here's the kicker though. That fuck Tartarex named <laughs> Jeffrey, okay, went on different commentaries, including the Dick Cavett show. Anything with the name Dick in it, I love. I want to watch it. But it's some 1970s shit. And he sat there and made fun of the investigators about what had happened. Okay, so at that point, stepdad, Freddie, was like, okay, something's up with this bitch. Like, I'm not a fan of this bitch. He's done something. And so he kept pushing with the courts to fucking prosecute this dude. He pushed it, and he made it happen. This stepdad, okay? There you go, stepdad. And so, yeah, this thing dragged on for fucking ever, and I want to just, like, slam my face into a crib right now it's just so annoying (laughs) but on january 24th 1975 north carolina uh indicted jeffrey 
and he was arrested an hour later. So because of stepdad going, okay, homeboy is acting like an idiot. He's making fun of the case on TV, on the radio, yada, yada, yada. He's obviously guilty. He had to push for it because nobody was trying to touch it. Nobody was trying to fuck with it. Well, because he, he had already gotten, he had already gotten released. Oh yeah, but it was Honorably army. Discharged. It was just army. Yeah. Like no civilian. Nobody tried to prosecute him, like civilian wise. So they were just like, "Fuck this." Okay, I see the time. Okay, cool. probably gonna have to pause. Okay. So, anyways, they indicted him. He got arrested an hour later, and on the thirty first, he was freed with a. He was freed on a hundred thousand dollars of bail. Um. <clears throat> so from so this this murder happened in nineteen seventy. Listen to this. Trial lasted from July 16th to August 29th, 1979. What? What? Because so much bullshit happened. Because oh, people man. appealed, military shit, all that stuff. And he was convicted of uh, one count of first degree murder of Kristen and two counts of second degree for Colette and Kimberly, which um, let me refer back to this. Kimberly is the five years old. So they only just uh, tried him or Found him guilty for the two-year-old's murder. What the fuck? He got given. What's that? What the fuck? Like somebody else came in and killed his other. Daughter? I know. I don't. I don't. I don't fucking understand. I don't know, and it pissed me off. I don't get where they come from with that. Um, but he was given three life sentences consecutively. He tried to appeal so many times with. Uh, um, what do they say? What's that double murder thing or whatever? You ever see that? Double, double jeopardy. jeopardy. They tried that. They denied that. Um, he tried to appeal his conviction. That got denied. So in June 1979, McDonald chose Joe McGinnis because he's already locked up. 1979, he's already locked up, and he chose Joe McGinnis to write a book about the case. This dude. This is where it gets kind of fucking nuts. You haven't heard this on My Favorite oh. Murder? Nope. Okay. Nope. This was – I even heard He expected the book – would be about his innocence in the murders mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And however, McGinnis portrayed Jeffrey as a narcissistic sociopath who was guilty of killing his family, which is a total shock to yeah. fucking retard McDick. Was his name, <laughs> Jeffrey McDick. Dingle McDick. So this bitch. Dingle McCringleberry. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so this bitch sued McGinnis, which was the author, in 1987 for fraud based on the fact that McGinnis pretended to believe he was innocent after he uh, came to the conclusion he was guilty in order to continue interviewing Jeffrey. <laughs> this is what journalists do. Okay? I don't want to hear it. Stick a tampon somewhere. I don't want to hear it. Journalists go in there and they have their own mindset and they will sell whatever the fuck they want to think. And then you're like, oh, yeah, buddy, I believe that you're innocent. And they're going to fucking write about what they want to write about because that's their fucking job, okay? Yeah. It went to a mistrial. But they did have to end up settling out of court for $325,000, which made me go, what? Did he get money? Because I don't understand. Like, he's in jail. He better not have. Um, so do you guys remember how I talked about Helena Stokely? Helena? Yes. You mean Helena? <clears throat> that's my sister's name. It's Helena. It's Helena. Helena. It's Helena. H-E-L-E-N-A? Yeah, it's Helena. Oh, God, that's my sister's name, but she has two E's. Okay. Well, my sister, Helena S., not Stokely, but the cute little, little girl that I love. That's my sister. I love you, sister, because I know she's listening. Um, apparently, 
through all this, she confessed mm. to the murders, guy. Can you see me? What? She confessed to the murders. Who did? No. Helena? Helena. Helena did. The fuck? During the appeals process, she claimed she did. She didn't have any recollection of that night due to the drug use. So she apparently <coughs> went to family members and police officers confessing to the murder. But then later on, when she had to testify, she didn't have any recollection. She didn't know. She didn't know what was going on. Recollection. <laughs> Not revelation. It, yeah, it's a, it's a combo. Revelation, <laughs> revolution, so, fuck well, you guys, because so, I don't know my words. Respect my And so that's tab. the thing, right? Is, and so that's the thing, right? Is is she convinced, is she confessed to these crimes, but when they went back to, okay, well, tell us word by word, you know, act by act what happened, and she could not do it. Dude. They need they they hide certain evidence for all of us people to know. So the oh, person that actually did it. But here's the deal. Um, yeah. Later on, she said, "I don't know because I was so fucking doped up." Um, and with be, because of that, because she said that she can't remember, the judge ordered that they cannot testify. Yeah, he said no. The people that the people that she confessed to cannot testify. Nope. Okay, so. Fast forward, guys, because it's a big deal and the motherfucker's still alive and I hope he eats a dick. 2006 DNA results came in, guys. Guess what? It was not Helena or her boyfriend, Greg Mitchells. Uh, so you're talking on the wrong know. side of the fucking shit. Yeah, you're talking on the wrong side. Motherfucker. Sorry, guys. Right I love there. you all. There's two un unidentified 22-inch long synthetic hairs, um, but were not pointed out specifically to the defense. Uh, McDonald's lawyers claim that these hairs were is. from a wig worn yeah. by yeah. Helena, but it's all bullshit. Her DNA was not found there, okay? Yeah. So she, she confessed to a murder she didn't do? Yeah, because she was, she, she was, we don't know. Like, uh. that happens a lot, though. Why do women always take? It does happen a lot. It happened in one of my stories. <laughs> women always take but the fall. Only DNA that was found there, Shannon, was his. Was his? Mm -hmm. His Obvious. blood in the spots, his blood footsteps, everything like that. She wasn't found there. Um, in 2002, Fucktard got married. They're still married. Um, he's still alive. He's located at the uh, fucking. Federal Correction Institute in Norland. Who gives a shit what he's doing? He's probably trying to write more books. All Wait, I know, is he in jail? Yeah, he's huh? in jail. Is he in jail? He's still alive. He no, 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 but is he in jail? Yes, yes. Prison. He, got, oh. he got sentenced to three life sentences consecutively. Well, okay. That's so right. He's good. there for good. Um, but he tried to get parole, but it kept getting denied. Everybody tries to get parole. I mean, if I get sentenced and I actually did, I'm not going to fucking waste my time. I would. Sorry. Would you? So he was actually nailed the Green Beret killer. What do you guys think Ooh. about the story? The Green was, Beret killer. I mean, was if, he a Green Beret? Yeah. Apparently. Oh. I don't know. Okay, apparently he wasn't. Well, that anything. makes a little sense. I mean, it, it's 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 disgusting and horrible because this guy had a family and you know, for some reason. You know, it, it's unknown if he did it or not, but he did get convicted of it. And it's just a sad, sick story, you know? I mean, 
it, it's crazy to think about that somebody could do that to their own family members and then try to, to a two-year-old to a two-year-old oh own family yes, members did in i general. mention that he was that she was pregnant yes oh my god yeah no. oh, yeah yeah did you no no you were talking about sharon tate oh yeah that's but right no i did not know that she good was god yeah. this guy i'm glad he's still in jail yeah i can't believe he's still alive don't come for me well, I mean, it was only in the 70s. I mean, he's in his 80s, I'm sure, by now. Yeah. Here's my deal. Like, y'all need to send me, like, requests for people that are already dead, please. I don't want anybody to <laughs> me. I've already got John Car- Charlton's stupid ass, the fucking idiot stick that's a person, is going to come for me, probably. Now, the this idiot dude. Stick. He won't come for you if you live in Texas. Uh, <laughs> 127th reason why I need to move. Okay. Good. Yeah. I mean, I liked it. Um, thanks Jean for, you know, referring me to that. It was really hard because my, a lot of my friends had really good ones and I was like, damn, but I like this one. Cause there was a lot of, he actually made it to murderpedia. So I was like, Oh, damn, I'm going to research this dude. So thanks guys. Oh yeah. yeah. That was a good one. Fucking love you both. And your little cute faces. Oh, we love you. And Ricky, too. Ricky still, of course, is pretty pretty ricky pretty ricky it's it's 90 percent the hair it's the white teeth and the eyebrows and the hair straight teeth maybe and then straight you put teeth. the p and the v- g and shannon so she's obviously oh my like god <laughs> all righty all right take us home there up. baby i feel like i artificial my fart my fart Keep Please your vag farts in. I'm going to go. Okay. So I got my story. Um, my friend, Amber Costner, she actually texted me this and she's like, you should do Ed Kemper. But does she follow like and subscribe to Apple? I don't know. But I'm going to get on that. Amber, please do. So... Everybody should know Ed Kemper by now if you have watched the Mindhunter series because he was casted perfectly. Oh, perfectly. So good. Perfectly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he was born Edmund Kemper after his father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she knows more. I, yep, I'm obsessed with him. He's my favorite. Yeah, Ed's just yes. surname. Yep, it's Edmund I'll Kemper. I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet. He was... Um, <laughs> Born in California, yes. had a disturbed upbringing, of course. His parents divorced when he was young, and his father abandoned the family. That's just the makings of a murderer, I guess. <laughs> Do you have anything in there about his mother? Oh, of course. Okay, good. Get it, girl. Edmund, let's see. He had a troubling relationship with his mother. Mm-hmm. Very troubling. He was forced to sleep in a basement when he was eight years old to keep him away from his sisters because eh, she didn't really trust him that much. Mm-hmm. So he was in pitch black and was terrified every night and day because it's always pitch black in the basement. Yep. When he would cry to her, um, she would tell him, quit being such a wimp. Like, mm-hmm. fuck this mom. Yeah, like hey, little bitch. she does. Go she deserved. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> She's. 
<laughs> not gonna give it away. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so let's see. Um he would also play gas chamber or electric chair with his yeah. his sister sisters and friends mm -hmm. or roll up in a rug and see who could get out faster. The gas chamber thing is really crazy because he would like he would do that and then like he would want oh is it him or his sisters to play dead. Uh-huh. He would want the play dead thing that was his biggest kicker he was like let me he loved to get like um tied up yep in a chair electric he wanted to pretend electric chair thing i think yeah yeah mm -hmm. do you did you ever Jen, did you ever watch weeds no i don't watch that god show. damn it i know we just we still love each other never mind okay <laughs> <laughs> So they didn't have many toys or anything to do. So it um, it's it's honestly so interesting to listen to him talk mm -hmm. because he is so articulate, articulate, and he's smart. He's like yeah. super smart. Very he's very. He's got like a really fucking high IQ. They which loved is him, which is scary. I love him. And he's done some really fucked up shit. But, you know, uh, I don't know. It's a love-hate thing. Right. I get it. Like, it's hard to, like, this is my I can't say I love him because he's, like, so interesting. Just so interesting. I get it. No, Shannon, I, I battled the same thing. Like, who is your favorite serial killer? And I'm like, ooh, I hate to say that. But, like, it's always Ed Kemper for me because it's, like, he was a fucking douche that went after people that resembled his mother and he did horrible things, but he was yes. also like really loving and cuddly and like wanted to help the world. That's what I don't fucking understand. And did you, are you going to cover what he did to his grandparents? Oh yeah. As a kid. Yeah. I mean, so it's not so, in full detail, but yes, he, when he does to his grandpa, like it's just, he has this thing. I don't understand him, I guess. So that's the part that like kills me is that he doesn't fit the mold of a typical serial killer. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he's one of the most notorious serial killers. So go yeah. ahead. So when he was 14, he ran away from his mom, not because he needed time away, but because he was daydreaming and couldn't stop thinking about killing her. Oh. Hmm. He was terrified of his mother, obviously. She was very intimidating. Um. And it's crazy how he never, ever blamed his mom for all the shit that he did. Ever. Ever. Not till totally. Always. Yeah. yeah. No, he always defended his mother. Mm-hmm. Like a when good he boy. Was, yep. When <laughs> he was 13, he visited dad in LA for a month. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like dad treated him and his stepbrothers like they were little men. Like he respected them not demean them like his mother did. Right. And he loved it. Mm -hmm. And I think he had a serious problem with women because he came from families, both sides, with domineering women. Mm -hmm. um, he had paranoia about being so tall because he was 6'9". He was 6'9". Um, and almost 300 pounds. He was 
huge, you guys. Huge. Yes, like super Google tall. Google him. Google him right now. Do not read the research, but just Google him and see photos of him. Right? He's, dude, he's super dude tall. Dude should have been a linebacker. For real. Like Ricky would like cradle up in his boobies and just oh, right, calm suck down. his nips. He would be like, Ricky. Okay. <laughs> hey, quick uh, you, little 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 you, side thing here, Shannon. His yeah. IQ was 145. Yeah. The scale mm-hmm. for the scale for the national average IQ test. It's like 160, up to right? 144. Are you shitting me? No. I mean, don't I get me like wrong. Like 160. There are geniuses that that scale higher, but the national average, where it says you're a genius, is at 144. So anything over that is just over that. All right. Well. Yeah. You, no, he was he was able to manipulate. Oh, for sure. Psychology. He was shit, yeah master manipulator. Because he was so, so fucking smart, though, and he looked harmless. Oh, he's a little teddy bear. He was big a big teddy giant teddy bear. <laughs> that's a little, little baby teddy bear that's huge. <laughs> so, as he got older, he started becoming fascinated with death. He was fantasizing about him being the last person alive, and he basically goes into his basement and gets inside his own little lonely head. Yep. He was a lonely kid. I mean, he used to lay in the street and wait for cars as a as a game. So when he was 14, he was left at his grandparents' house after his family spent Christmas together. He he was left there for 10 months. He went with his dad. Good and job, his dad Bob. just couldn't deal. His dad couldn't deal with him, so they he left him there. Good job, Dad. Good job. And this is when he commits his first murder. Yep. By now he's got murder and decapitation fantasies in his mind. On August twenty seventh, nineteen sixty four, at the age of fifteen, he shot his grandmother in her kitchen about an argument. God. Yeah. He he yeah. Oh went behind her and just pshh. Yep. And then shot his grandpa right when he got home, standing next to his car or his truck. You know why? No. You didn't read. Okay. The reason why is because he didn't want to have his grandfather find his grandma. Oh, yeah. That's right. He was protecting him from seeing that, which is so psychopathic. It's, it is because it's, he was thinking about somebody else, but doing terrible Mm. things. Yeah. What we need to do is refrain having compassion for this guy because he did horrible things. Did like terrible. what I want to do. It's terrible. I want to do is be like, I get it. I get it. And he's so great. Cause I mean, he was not great, but I want to say like, he's, a he could have been great. Human. He could have been great. And so even when you tell the story or whenever I research the story, I'm like, you know, I want to have compassion for this guy because like he, did things for a reason. Fact of the matter is, something's wrong with motherfucker. Oh yeah, oh for sure. We should not be gentle on him. I'm just saying that we should not be gentle on him at all. Sorry, my microphone. Well, fell. yeah. Well, after that, he was placed in Atascadero State Hospital, mm-hmm. which I think is probably. Um, I can't see you. Hey, baby. <laughs> Hi, Which honey. is is what for the mentally unstable? Yep. Yes. For you. Okay. 
then was released in 1969, I think at the age of 21. Mm-hmm. And the killing feelings came back full force. In May 1972, he gives Marianne Pesch and Anita Lichessa a ride, which he says he did because, because of frustration. I guess his killing frustrations. Because mm-hmm. I did watch like his um, interviews. Mm-hmm. And that's what he says. He has a gun in the car and he launches out and drives them to a secluded area, taking the first girl out to the woods while leaving the other girl tied up in the back seat. Yep. He stabbed the first girl in the woods and he was in shock and he's walking back to the car and he's thinking, I got to kill her. She's going to tell. Mm-hmm. What else? Okay. What else would you do? You know, I don't know. It's, I'm not. I, yeah, I'm not in that mindset. Right. Finn, but fuck off. <laughs> but she sees the blood on him and tells the other girl. I mean, and he tells her that her friend got smart and he smacked her around and broke her nose. Mm-hmm. You better come quick. Um. He could not deal with telling her that he just killed her. Like mm-hmm. as a person. He couldn't deal with it. Yeah. I mean, it's like the same thing going back to the grandma, you know? I mean. Yeah, same. Yep. He couldn't, couldn't bring himself to do it, to tell his grandpa or let his grandpa find out. Go. I love it, Ricky. Yes, with the insight. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So the girl tied up in the back, he tries to stab her, and it doesn't go through because her coveralls are so thick. Right. So he just continues to mindlessly stab her and she falls back into the trunk and he shuts it. So she's basically he's probably bleeding to death, dead or dying. You know? mm-hmm. He then severed the heads. They, reported, they were reported missing, but the families heard nothing until August when they found Pesh's head in the woods near Santa Cruz. So can, we, can you remind me of the year that this happened? 1972. 72. Guys, yeah. 70s. Suck ass for living. Oh, God. Don't hitchhike in the 70s. In Sis, California, you said? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've got like a theme going on because all my <laughs> you have, you all my cases do. have been, yes, all my cases have been from California. It's weird. So, Nothing wrong with a theme, my baby. I love you. You're doing good. She's all drunk. No. So they found Petch's head, um, but Lachisa's remains were never found. I don't know. September 14th, 1972, Kemper picks up. Oh, this one sucks so bad. 15 year old Ayuko Ku who decided to hitchhike to a dance class rather than wait for the bus. How do you pronounce that name? Worst. Shut up. <laughs> Aiko? Aiko? Ku? Did you Google Maybe? it? Nope. <laughs> Spell it. A-I-K-O? Okay. Aiko. 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 Okay, whatever. Um, yeah, 
she doesn't want to wait for the bus, so takes a ride from this fool. He starts driving down the close the highway. Not the way to dance class, obviously. Pulls a gun out, presses it to her ribs while still driving, and tells her to calm down. He wants to kill himself, but he just needs somebody to talk to. They go from highway to small mountain roads. He somehow talks her into being tied up and gagged. Like, what the fuck? How does he talk her into that? I don't get it. I don't know either, but he did. He parks and turns the car off and asks her to pass the box of tape and rips off a piece. As she's tied and up. The, and the poor angel baby says, that's too big for my mouth. So he, mm. t- he, he rips it in half to fit her little mouth. My little angel Ugh. face, honey. And then ask her. There's something different like that. Yeah, something else had to have happened in there. Yeah. So he asked her to get in the back. And she fucking does. Mm-hmm. He gets out, goes to the back um, door to get into the back seat. And he's locked himself out of the car. Yep. And he starts freaking out because yeah. there's a gun under the seat. But she's 15 years old and doesn't know a thing. And she realizes he's, you know, checking all his pockets and freaking out. So she unlocks the car. Or maybe she's just like, not necessarily like she trusts him, but she's like, okay, like he's my way out. And maybe he's really not going to hurt me. So like, let's like maybe give him, you know what I mean? Like maybe she's just like trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I mean, I'm I would. Sorry. If somebody put gun to my ribs yeah i'd do what he said i get that but for me at 15 i'd be like well he didn't kill me yet i mean it's really not gonna kill me you could even say Uh, is he gonna do anything at all right you know he hasn't killed me yet is he really gonna do something i mean that's just me like i probably would have done the same no 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 you wouldn't have unlocked the door no no. Mm -mm. i wouldn't have i would have no but I'm just trying to like play devil's advocate, but yeah. Mm-mm. So he jumps in and puts his full weight on her. Remember, he he's like in. yeah, three hundred, right. almost three hundred pounds. Yeah. She does manage to squeeze his balls though. Um, <laughs> before he strangles her, but she's still alive. Oh my god! Goes in for another strangle, takes her out of the car and rapes her. He says it didn't take more than 15 or 20 seconds before he had an orgasm. That's disgusting. Sounds about yeah. right. I mean, when you're thinking of terms like that, where he's probably never had a sexual gratification from one of these killings and all of a sudden he decides to rape her. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to be really fast. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure he never had still- um, a sexual encounter before this really. Probably not. Because he's so fucking awkward. Oh, I wish I could hear this theory because I'd love to chime in, but I missed it. Sorry. All right. So he goes in for another strangle with a scarf this time. He then wraps her body in a a sheet and stores her in the trunk. He he, carries her to his apartment and dismembers her. He throws her remains in several places in the mountains of Santa Cruz. Like and now he's getting into okay, now I got to do something else now. I think he graduate from shooting to stabbing 
to raping to dismemberment. He didn't shoot anybody. I mean, yet. he shot his grandma. Oh yeah, you're right. You are right. You know, and, and it's like, I, how do you graduate so quickly? It escalated hard. Okay, so after Aiko Ku, then there was Cynthia Shaw. Kemper said he had picked Cindy up on Mission Street, and after driving her to Watsonville area, he forced her to get in the trunk. Later near Coralitos, he shot her. He then took her body to his mother's house in Aptus. <laughs> And dumped her in a closet. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Like, what the fuck happened to that? I didn't ever get any, like, clear anything of him dumping. Do- Dude, are what you, he, like, like, sneezing, I'm like, sorry. over and over again? I'm still sick. I'm so sorry, guys. So, what he would do is he was... Oh, I don't want to spoil the thing, but... Yes. Don't. Yes, he would. He would take it to Put him in, in closets? Yes. I'm not going to spoil yeah, okay. the rest, but yes. That night, he had sex with her corpse and dismembered her in the bathtub the next morning. After disposing of her body, Ed took a trip to Oakland to visit a friend. Who the fuck this friend was? I don't know. You have friends, right? I don't know, man. <laughs> he, he dropped by a laundromat and put Cindy's clothes in a dryer and put a bunch of dimes in, in hopes that the clothes would burn. The next day, he went yeah. back to check the dryer the the hello he went back to check the dryer and the clothes were gone imagine if you just came in and like open that dryer hey nobody's gonna take these clothes i'm gonna take these clothes right wearing a dead girl's clothes right they would never know it all right so fast forward february february 5th 1973 just passed by this time warnings were posted um, not to get in vehicles that did not have a campus sticker. Of course, homeboy's mommy dearest worked at UCSC. So therefore, Ed had a sticker. He offered the two girls a lift. Rosalind Thorpe was 23 and Alice Lou was 20. At first, Alice was he- hesitant, but Rosalind convinced her that they would be fine. Run, bitch. Run. Yeah, bitch. Get the fuck <laughs> out of there. They don't know. They don't know. Nope. No, they don't know. Kemper mm-hmm. shot both with his pistol, wrapped their bodies in blankets, and beheaded them in his car. Okay. Just, I'm sorry. Let me interject. Do you mind? Okay. No. Watching his interviews and shit like that, like, it's so hard to take that. What he portrayed, which was like this de- gentle beast of a man, mm-hmm. to do stuff like this, right? Like, I just, I'm trying to wrap my head around it because I've heard so many Ed Kemper stories and I've listened to so many podcasts and I'm like, oh my God, he's a terrorist. And then I like watch stuff and I'm like, oh my God, he's like, he seems like a gentle giant. So it's really weird mm-hmm. for me. All the listens or listeners out there that are struggling with this, please know. I'm struggling with you because this is crazy. <laughs> and I am like, he, I'm the most fascinated with Ed Kemper. So, so after he beheaded these chicks, um, heads in his car, he drove back to his mother's, of course. 
where he raped the bodies. Yeah. He removed the bullets so they couldn't be traced back to his gun. Oh. He dismembered them and scattered their remains across Eden Canyon and surrounding areas. Eden? Yes, ma'am. Oh, baby. (laughs) Imagine just being out for a walk in the canyon and just happened upon a foot or a hand. That's what happened. That that's how most people, uh, that's the thing. That's like you can send searchers out to find a body. They're never gonna find it, but you can have like a rando go hiking and shit. They're gonna find it. Why don't you just yeah. bury it? BT dubs. I love the AirPods yeah. you have in your I mean, ears right now. Shut up. I mean, when you think about it, I mean uh, if you're in the heat of the moment, are you gonna bury it or just dump it? You know, if nobody's there, then just dump it. I'm gonna bury it. Don't come for me. All right, so here's the piece de resistance. (laughs) (laughs) On April 20th, um, Kemper fell asleep while his mother was at a party. Oh, this fucking guy. She came home and he woke up and went to her room and she was immediately irritated with him. Saying, of course she was. Um, I suppose you're going to wait and sit up all night and talk now. Which he simply replies, replies, no, good night. Hmm. That's a that's a deal with her. Is that throughout his entire childhood, she did that to him. She hated him. She so, absolutely so she, hated her son. She hated that he was so bitch. big, huh? She's such a callous bitch. Yeah, she hated that he was so tall, so big, and that he resembled his father. Father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he enters her room after she falls asleep and bludgeoned her to death with a claw hammer Ew. and slit her throat with a knife. He then decapitated her and has sex with her decapitated head. Oh, Ed. Oh, Ed, indeed. Before, before putting it on a shelf and verbally and physically abuse it for an hour. Then he uses it as a dartboard. Then he punches it, then cuts the tongue and larynx out. And he tries to put it down the garbage disposal, which spits it back out, Mm -hmm. which he found symbolic Mm -hmm. because even in death, he couldn't shut her up. Jesus, take the wheel. He Jesus, then take the wheel. He then has sex with her corpse and hides it in a closet. He goes out, has a couple of drinks at a bar, comes home, calls up Sally Hallett, which is a friend mm-hmm. of his mother's. Oh my god, yes. Invites her over for a dinner and a movie. Mm-hmm. He embraces her when she walks in and wraps his arms around her neck, strangling her. Again, decapitation, and he spent the night with the corpse. The next morning, he dumps her in, I guess, another closet in the house and tidied up a bit to remove evidence of the two murders. Mm -hmm. He left a note, and I quote, approximately 5.15 a.m. Saturday, no need for her to suffer anymore at the hands of this horrible, murderous butcher. It was quick, 
asleep the way I wanted it. No sloppy and incomplete, gents, just a lack of time. I got things to do. Right. He left in Sally's car and drives to Pueblo, Colorado. When he heard nothing about the murders, he calls Mm -hmm. the police station of his hometown and confesses. At first, police didn't even believe it because he was known as the gentle giant. Giant. So wasn't this like a week after their murder? Mm-hmm. About a week? Yeah. So they ended up hanging up on him. <laughs> he called again and refused to get off the line until they took him seriously. Right. He then waited patiently. Oh, I'm going to fucking kill you, Siri. It was at like a payphone, right? Huh? Is that like payphone? a payphone? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He then waited patiently until police got there and to arrest him. He was convicted of eight counts uh, or eight counts of first degree murder. He asked to be tortured or the death penalty. He was incarcerated in the California Medical Facility. Same block as Herbert Mullins and Ricky's boy, Charles Manson. So after that, he's a perfect prisoner. And his next parole eligibility is in 2024. Is he still alive? He's still alive. He's still alive. And he even... um, He's still alive. No. Yes. And he went on to help FBI. No, I know that. Like, Mindhunters is actually real. I know, like I know all that. Like he's he's done a lot to like to help fit. But this to, is how this help is how build, to like yeah to figure out a, a criminal mind. Yes, to help no yes. to help build to help build an FBI criminal profile for a being motive. able to identify serial killers before they get too yes, yes, far yes, yes, out yes. ahead. Like how old um, is he, guys? The whole he's seventy one. The whole um killing animals in their early years that was um that was kemper mm-hmm. oh really kemper, yeah kemper set the bar for that one because he did start with animals yeah he did he did a lot of good for like oh i don't want to do it i don't want to like say he no, did a lot of good, you, you but... could say he did a yeah, tiny did. amount of good helping the fbi in order to find future serial killers but I mean, when you think about it, I mean, just the things that he did, the way that he did them, and the acceleration of the severity of his crimes, just, I mean, it blows your mind. Oh, it blows my mind it, Because, like, who goes, I mean, okay, don't get me wrong, I know you hate your mom. You go from shooting, to dismembering, to decapitation, to sex with the corpses. That is a huge jump. In- like, he went full on. And insanity. I mean, I'm sorry. You, that is a huge jump in the way that you're doing things, you know. Well, you have to understand, though, too. Okay, so you go to his childhood, and 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 mom hates him, and she beats up on him all the time, and then like, freaking dad no dad him. or whatever. He goes. He he. His grandmother is exactly the same way, and he practices yep. on grandma. Yep. Okay. And then tries to quote unquote protect grandpa. Ends up going to a mental institution where he gets all of his education. Yeah. Okay. Goes and when he gets released from the mental institution, he ends up going back 
to mom's house. That's where they release him. Yes, they house. he got paroled to mom. Yeah. And so he has to live with that bullshit. So what does he do? He hates mom. He already like got rid of grandma, but he still has mom talking shit and doing all this stuff. And I'm not trying to like give him an excuse. I'm just trying to give you a rundown. And so he does all these murders. The kicker was is that the reason why he stopped the murders is because he finished his mom off and her friend. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, mm, mm. after mom's friend, I didn't really feel the same thing because I already killed I think mom. he could have probably quit after mom. Yeah, yeah, but he didn't know. He didn't know his extent. Yeah. And I'm not giving compassion or anything like that to it. Like, I'm not. No. But like, I'm trying to place this, it. He, it, to me, is the most fascinating because of the fact that like he laid the foundation for what all of the criminal psychologists needed to do to build to understand other fucking criminals. But, and he didn't appear to have uh, a mental disorder, however, comma, I'm sure he did. But the thing is, is that when he was locked up after killing his mother or his grandparents, he went to this place and he worked side by side by this psychologist that did all the schizophrenia and all this testing. So he memorized the tests. So he knew how to pass them. So everybody yeah. thought he was fantastic because he didn't, he wasn't quote unquote diagnosed with a mental disorder because mm -hmm. he knew how to pass the tests. And, and he, he was also, also like, helper. yeah, he also um, hung around cops and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the bar. Mm -hmm. Like he was buddy because he mm -hmm. used to, he wanted to be a cop. He wanted to be and one. he ended up not being able to be a cop because of the fact that he was so tall. His weight and tall ratio yeah. did not mm -hmm. work. So he ended up hanging out in the bar and wanted to do that. So he went the, he went a totally different direction. Like Kemper is just like, there's nothing in that glass. There was. <laughs> hey, do you you, you know what's a really crazy thought? If he would have started with his mom, you think he would have just stopped? That's yeah. what I have been thinking. Like yeah. I don't think like he if he'd have just gone outright, outright killed her right from the beginning. You know what I mean? Would it really have yeah. escalated? I mean, because I don't think it would have gotten that bad. Obviously, I'm sure it's speculated that he probably didn't have much of a sexual history because of his size, you know, because of you know, the way he probably he was and the way he acted in his size, you know. And so if he had started with his mom, you think he could have just been able to move past it yeah. and said, okay, I don't think that part of me is over. It. I think he would have been worse. Be really? I do. I do. And I, I go off Bundy. The whole thing behind Bundy is that he hated mom. And because of the whole, there's so many different theories, but yeah. Bundy ended up killing a bunch of people and then yada, yada, yada. I think that Kemper, if he would have killed his mom, he would have still been pissed. What he did is he like seeked revenge, killed all these people. I'm not a psychologist, guys, and I'm not nothing like that. Killed all these people, wasn't feeling any fulfillment, eventually killed his mom. But imagine if you go, imagine having sex and you are wanting to get the best enjoyment of your entire life and you reach that, well, then what happens after that? You can't just stop, yeah. right? You want to fulfill that best orgasm of your life again. So if him killing his mother was the best orgasm of his life, he's going to seek it out to find it again. Yeah. So I think that what he was doing is kind of building it up. But this is just my stupid ass, my stupid ass non-clinical opinion. But I think that he would have done something. It probably would have been more sloppy. Well, and you have more of an opinion than we do, so. Huh? 
You have more of a of an opinion than we do. I mean, I have opinions, but not more of opinions. I feel like you. I'm, I'm just saying, like I, yeah. I mean, like Kemper. I'm fascinated with Kemper. I wish there were studies on like his brain activity and what was going on because he is fascinating to me because he was he was for what most people say really fucking kind and really yeah. a nice person in behind bars of course and in mental hospitals but he was a sick fuck because the things that he did were really fucking sick i mean he didn't have a body did count like ted bundy yeah man that's what he looks like now i mean yep. the other the, the worst part he of looks like now i can't even he Where... looks fucking normal yeah I mean, it's like the dude you see at the gas station or something. Like he was such a model. He was such a model prisoner. Oh yeah. Because he, he did the things that he did. And then it's like, I mean, it's really on a a credit to his genius is that he was able to be this calm person in prison after he did those terrible things. Here's the deal with him. Crazy. I don't think that he was thinking of himself and you didn't say this at all, Ricky. I don't think that he was thinking of himself as like, how can it be the most of a genius? Like, I don't think he was doing that. I think that he was literally authentic to himself. And like, that's what paved the way for us to understand other. Yeah. Maybe that was his whole plan all along is he was like, there's no database for serial killers. I'm going to become, I'm going to start it. To start this. Never know. Ed Kemper is fascinating to me. Him and BTK. I can't. Ooh, somebody's gonna do B- somebody's gonna do BTK. I won't do the big ones. I just won't do the big ones. You won't. There's just too much and I want to do it justice. And I just rather like you and Ricky did really good because you focused like- on like certain aspects of their shit. Yeah. Like, whereas if I was going to BTK, I'd be like, I want to cover every fucking crime, every victim, why and why and why. And like, you guys focused on like the the stuff, right? The big ones. And, yeah. Yeah. And you guys actually had information that I didn't know, which I appreciated. So, because if you look at Manson and, and Ed Kemper, there's so much fucking information on them that it gets lost. And you yeah, guys, no, not- it gets all turned around and yeah. like, he said this but he didn't say this and it's yeah. all fucked up but I, just, I watched interviews of him i could go on for hours with ed i could oh, go yeah. on with hours my guy with the green bray killer i thought he was pretty good he wasn't a serial killer but i think that gene did really good who requested yours did you share yeah did you my friend my friend amber mm-hmm. oh okay that's right that's right yeah guys i mean like if you want us to keep doing your suggestions please give them to us because we're eventually going to run out of suggestions we're just kind of kind of you know go with what we know like please keep doing it i think next week we've decided right shannon yep next week we're going to go dun 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 celebrity celebrity crimes all right. Well, that was our show, guys. Thank you for listening. This has been True Crime on Tap. You can find us on Facebook, of course. Follow us, please. Support us. Let us know what you think. Let us know yep. your thoughts and give us suggestions of anything you would like us to talk about. You can listen to us on Spotify, um, Apple, and Anchor. And yeah, a suggestion too, which we're trying to upload to is CastBox. So that if you guys know of any other platforms, please tell us. And we can add that to our list to add to. Yep. I'll get on it. I'm right on top of that, Rose. 
Hope you guys like this. Please make sure that you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. Anything lower, I'm going to fart myself. So please don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah. Thanks, guys. We love you. We love you. Thanks to uh, Jean. And who is your person? Shannon? Amber. Amber. And Jen. And Jen, thanks, guys, for your input. This was fun. We appreciate it. That's right. And yeah, okay. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Bye. Bye.